Hello, and welcome to Surveyor Says, the podcast from the National Society of Professional Surveyors. Today's episode is a follow-up to a popular article published in the summer of 2019 within the weekly NSPS newsletter, News and Views, regarding Brian Anderson, the Tick Terminator. Kurt and Brian discuss how to protect yourself from ticks while surveying and being outdoors. Brian talks on a variety of ticks, their life cycles, how and where they populate, and the best practices for prevention. He also explains various techniques for removing ticks and looking for symptoms for the onset of Lyme disease. So let's jump right in with Kurt and Brian talking safety and tick prevention on this episode of Surveyor Says. Good morning. This is your host, Kurt Sumner, on the NSPS series Surveyor Says, our podcast series. Thanks for joining us again today. Our typical listeners will understand how this works. Uh, For those who are listening for the first time, just sit back and listen. That's all there is to do. Today, we're talking about a really important topic. And in this era of concern about diseases, the coronavirus seems to be consuming everything in the world right now. Uh, literally everything in the world. Things are being canceled. We've canceled our spring meetings. We've canceled our day on the hill. Um, Our international meeting that we attend is probably going to get canceled uh, over in Amsterdam. So there's just an awful lot of uh, concern about disease. And uh, so sometimes, and being a surveyor myself all these years, I fall into this category. We tend to not pay as much attention to things that can harm us that we're in contact with every day, or at least have the capability to be in contact with every day, just because the familiarity of it all. Uh, So with that in mind, our listeners may remember that back in the end of July last year, there was an article in our newsletter about ticks. And the article is written by Brian Anderson, who's joining me today. Welcome, Brian. And great to have, great to be here. What's really cool about that article and somewhat led us to this conversation today was the fact that at the end of the year, when the publishers of our newsletter tells us what our most top 20 most read articles for the year were, this article that Brian wrote regarding ticks was number five. So that tells me somebody's interested in this topic. So we wanted to carry it on a little bit further, excuse me, and have Brian talk to us even more about the issues with ticks. And and as an introduction, Brian, maybe you can tell people what you're doing and how you're doing it and what led you to do it. Well, I kind of got into this, you know, years ago, I've always kind of had a fascination with ticks, even when I was a little kid. But in those days, you know, we didn't worry much about them. Uh, a number of years ago, I had a friend uh, when I was experimenting with ticks to begin with uh, in my basement with my grandkids even, you know. And I had a friend almost die from Lyme disease. Uh, virtually everybody that all of us know, almost everybody knows somebody that's been affected by Lyme disease in some way, shape, or form. So uh, at that time, I started doing even more research and finding out, well, what can we do? How can we protect ourselves? Because I'm always a prevention type of mindset. You know, let's let's avoid something in the beginning so we don't have a problem in the end. So uh, that's 
kind of what really got me going on it. And uh, I found a, a products to help us, you know, to help protect us from it. And I just got so excited about that in the area where I live in Upper Michigan, uh, which uh, well, I refer to the East Coast as a number one tick belt. Uh, definitely East Coast, New England is Lyme, Connecticut, where it started in the 70s. Uh, and we're the number two tick belt here in the upper Michigan, Wisconsin, Minnesota area. And so it was a big topic for my friends. I said, hey, there's a product you can use. You can help yourself, you know, keep away, keep the ticks away from you. So that's kind of what got going here a few years ago. And then I made a website and I've, I've been on TV several different times, uh, outdoor shows of that nature, radio shows. And, and this year is just perfect with surveyors because where do surveyors work, <laughs> you know, out in the grasses and the and the stuff like that where ticks are. So uh that's kind of how we got it going here. Yeah, that's that's an interesting so. thing about working out where the ticks are. Um I'm not sure there's a great understanding even among surveyors where they are. Because if I'm working in the woods, you know, I'm looking in the trees, if I'm working in the grass, I'm looking around, but they can pretty much be almost anywhere, can't they? Kind of. More than like, you got to remember that ticks, by their very nature, their 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 body makeup, they need moisture. All right. Uh, so gen, like I'm saying, generally, more than likely, ticks are going to be generally found in a wooded area, shaded areas, more than out in the in a beating sun. All right. Uh, let's say there's a game trail, you know, going by the side of the road, uh, where a lot of wildlife go. Uh, they may, may be out there too. Uh, but generally, uh. People have to remember that ticks uh, are on low-lying vegetation, uh, grasses, low-lying shrubs. They don't jump. They don't fall out of trees. Uh, they're kind of slow. Uh, their their job is to just sit there and wait for something. Uh, what we call it a host that could be an animal, some kind of mammal, or us. That's for sure, as we all know. And they just kind of hang out and wait for that to jump on, and then. Then once they're on there, uh, they look around for where they're going to have their meal for the next two, three days. Yeah, I was going to say they're looking for a food they, source, right? <laughs> absolutely, yeah. Now, a lot of people, if you want me, I can get into the, the life cycle of a tick. It's kind of fascinating. Most people don't realize that uh, when ticks are born, uh, they're born about 1,000 to 3,000 or so at a time. The female gives birth like that. They're born in an egg, all right, and uh, in the middle of the summer. And on the ground, she lays all the eggs, of course, on the ground because that's where she is. And then after a couple of weeks, they hatch out of that egg, and they're called a larva tick. Now, what happens is a larva, any little baby that's born, after a while, they're thinking about one thing. they got to eat, all right? So the larva tick now is crawling around, and they look for their first food source. And what's it going to be on the low-lying ground like that? It's going to be typically a white-footed mouse. They jump on the white-footed mouse, start sucking the blood out of it, and the germs of the pathogens from the white-footed mouse is what gives them lime, all right? So after a couple of days, they jump off of that, and then they do whatever ticks do, which is not a whole lot, <laughs> and they morph into their next series, uh, the next spring, typically in our areas. Uh, they grow two more legs because they're born with six. Now they have eight legs the next spring, and they're called a the nymph tick. So they're part of the arachnid family, which is the spider family. So the next spring, they're the size of a poppy seed. Now, if they got lime the summer before, guess what? They're going to have it the rest of their life. So here's the scary part and the thing to be concerned about is even something that you could almost barely even not, it's so small you can't even hardly see them, they're still lethal. They can still be lethal and dangerous. 
a, a seed tick or or a, a nymph tick is so small it's the size of a poppy seed, like I was saying. It can be on your shoelaces, and you can't even hardly notice it. And then they're going to start looking. And a lot of people uh, will get bit by them, and they didn't even know it. So then anyways, they, they latch on for a couple days. And then uh, after they're done, they get off, and then they morph into the next series, which is a, an adult series. All right? And then uh, the adult series will typically, as they get bigger, they tend to get bigger animals than two. Typically, their last animal is, is uh, they kind of call it like a deer, hence the name deer tick for some of them. And what happens is on the deer, that's where they generally breed. So they spend the winter on there. Then the male gets off in the spring. He dies. The female gets off. And let me tell you, after somebody gives birth to thousands of ticks, they die too <laughs> because they've, they've swelled up so much anyways, you know, so that, I mean, they're done. So the typical life cycle of a tick is about two to three years, which most people didn't realize. And I never did until I did all my research too. So that's kind of how that goes. Yeah, you as you were talking, I was thinking to myself about uh, the ticks and surveyors or anybody who's in the woods. But uh, for our purposes, yeah. we're talking about surveyors. And one of the scariest things that can happen to you, and this has happened to me a number of times, I'm out working in the field on Friday. And I come back home. I get in the shower. I do the total 100% check, right? I'm, I'm making sure there's no ticks on me whatsoever. So early Saturday morning, I wake up and there's one crawling on my pillow. I'm like, where the heck did this thing come from? So it's, it's not what you have to be very diligent, apparently, to get make sure you get rid of these things. You're exactly right. I mean, they are tough to get rid of. They, they're sneaky little buggers. I mean, they, they uh, go sometimes in, in spots in your in your hair sometimes. My, well, my wife is definitely afraid of them because she has, you know, dark brown hair and very thick and she just does not want to get them in there so uh yeah they're, they're tough to get rid of that's why i uh what i recommend people do is is try to keep them off of us when we're out there and uh, being proactive i tell people you know with people that own surveying business you know with your crews and yourself protect yourself when you're out there there's numerous different things i have a website that tells all kinds of different things uh the biggest go-to product that I recommend people is called permethrin. A lot of people have heard of that. A lot of people use it. Essentially, what it, permethrin is, it's kind of cool. It, it's called a contact repellent. That means when it, it's sprayed on clothes, of course, you let it dry and it stays on clothes for weeks and weeks. It can go through launderings, through the washing machine several times, which is nice. You don't have to apply it every day. And the nice thing about it is it's odorless. Hunters love it. Turkey hunters really need it, especially in the spring when ticks come up. Man, they are hungry. So uh, permethrin is a great, great thing to use. As ticks crawl up, up you, uh, their effect, their nervous system is affected. The permethrin affects them, and they want to get off. A lot of times, ticks will even die crawling up on the, on the, and, and sensing the stuff on on the fabric. Uh, so people can put it on, on everything, you know, shoes, socks, clothes, uh, not their underpants, undergarments, but uh, anything outside, especially gear that they wear. Maybe it's a backpack, you know, things of that nature. Uh, and the military has been using it for almost 30 years. Outdoor workers have been using it for decades. Uh, so it's uh, kind of cheap insurance, if you want to call it that, you know, for uh, for how that is, you know. But even, at, let's say, a, a 
your your shirt is treated with it and a mosquito or any kind of bug gets on it, they want to get off too because it's a contact repellent. It doesn't kill them, but it, it annoys them where they want to get off. Yeah, what, as I was looking at your website, uh, and speaking of getting off, I want to ask you a question in a minute about removal. Um, but some of the things that were on your website and uh, what had happened to people who had been bit by ticks, I looked at a few of those videos. That was really scary. Oh. Uh, I would advise everybody listening to us to go to your website and, and take a look. It'll make you think a little more about how how can I prevent this from happening to me, right? Uh, exactly. And, and and speaking of what happens to you, there's all kinds of old, for lack of a better term, wives' tales about ticks and yep. when they're on you and what you do and how you get rid of them. And um, all my life, I heard just just light a match and stick it to their butt and they'll come right out. And I don't know if that actually works <laughs> or not, but, but uh, you can, you can pull them off, but you can still be in danger. Right. Right. Yeah. The thing is with ticks, the longer, that's why, like you said, you, you checked yourself over, which is excellent. You have to check yourself over no matter what you do, still check yourself. If you've been out in, in tick environment. Okay. And for surveyors, that's basically every day. Uh, what what you can do is is uh, if you do get a tick, all right, like you said, there's a lot of wives' tales. A lot of those don't work, and the thing with them is that they make the tick mad. In other words, you tick off a tick, <laughs> and and they may puke the bad stuff in you that you don't want. So the way you remove them is is kind of important. Uh, there's two things that I have found in all my research is uh, a tweezers is one of the best things. And there's another product called a tick key uh, that basically gets a tick weight on at the very base of your skin and then just pulls it up, all right? If you grab it by your fingers, you're, you can't help but grab the whole body and pull it up. So when you grab the body, you're kind of squeezing it, and then they're more apt to, you know, puke back in you the stuff that you don't want. So if you do get one on, it doesn't have to be taken off in that second, you know, uh, if you're at home, you know, do find a tweezers to get at the very base and take it off, and you're less apt to get some bad stuff in you. Notice how I'm wording it. There's never any guarantee, but but uh, removal is uh, the method of removal can help in that factor. And then if you do get bit, uh, some things to think about are uh, if you do experience some uh, like. Uh, for one thing, if you get, they call the bullseye rash where the, where the tick bite was. That is a telltale sign of possible Lyme disease. Uh, not all people get that. Uh, my little nephew, her niece, had little bullseyes all over her back. Uh, my sister-in-law had rashes that were basically moving around her body for a couple weeks. So weird rashes, uh, flu-like symptoms. Uh, Sometimes people get blurry vision, uh, you know, different things like that that can, can affect them. And I recommend people go to a doctor that is hopefully familiar with Lyme because it's all about early detection. The sooner you get it taken care of, they will probably put you on a, uh, a dose of uh, antibiotics, which is normally doxycycline. And in the beginning, that normally gets rid of it, which is good. Uh, if somebody goes, oh, you know, I don't. You know, I just suck it up. You know, I feel crappy and months and months go on. Then it's entrenched in your system and it's really hard to get rid of. 
really hard to get rid of at that point. Is it possible? Yeah, but it's a real pain. So early detection, early treatment is so important. That's what I recommend to people, definitely. So tell us about your hand grenade, the tick terminator. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for the folks who haven't seen my, my uh, uh, logo yet, uh, I had a professionally done logo. It is awesome. I, I'm called the tick terminator because basically I'm a, I'm a Lyme in the uh, tick disease prevention specialist, all right? So I'm kind of a, uh, a consultant, a conference speaker, and uh, we also you know, supply the, the most cost-effective and, and green uh, permethrin out there on the market. And my logo is a tick in the shape of a hand grenade. It is really cool when it says the tick terminator. It literally has a pin on it there, too. Everybody loves it. I, when that guy made it up, I said, man, that is it. I, I, could, I can go with that one, man, because one of my sayings here is, uh, uh, we're here to help you pull the pin on ticks. Kaboom. <laughs> That's on my business card. So we have a lot of fun with, with a, we have a lot of fun and, and humor with a very serious problem. You know, I, I can't talk too long without making some kind of wisecrack, you know, just because I like the, like humor a lot, you know. But anyways, yeah, that's, you, you picked right up on that, uh, on that logo there. It, it, it is fun, but it's, it's a serious subject and uh, there's nobody quite like the tick terminator. So what's, how, so that would be me. How does the repellent work? What's, how does it, you were talking about the repellent. Yeah, our repellent is uh, extremely unique. It is a permethrin product. Uh, there's numerous permethrins out there, and they all work. Uh, and I've tried a lot of them, and they all, they all work. Ours is unique because it is the only concentrate permethrin on the market today. So what that means is you basically mix it a little bit with water and put it in, you know, in a 32-ounce uh, you know, quart bottle, uh, put a couple of cups in there that, that you get in the box with it, shake it up, and you're good to go. It takes 90 seconds to mix it. and Anything that's a concentrate goes a long ways. So it saves people an incredible amount of money. Uh, and it works just the same as anything else. So, it, so it's, it's uh, great for that. Another thing about it is it's very green also. Here's the unique thing that the reason I call it green is because you can keep reusing that same bottle over and over and over again. The state of uh, New York just this month in March, uh, stopped allowing plastic bags like in grocery stores and so on. It's kind of the war on plastic. And uh, they're the third state to do that. Other states are, are probably close behind them. Uh, so reusable things like that. Uh, and we're the only one you can have a reusable bottle with uh, to save throwing all those in, in the, the landfills. And that's going to be a, another little uh, battle coming up here too, the battle on plastic bottles, which uh, I mean, both of us in our lifetime, I mean, when we were kids, where do we drink water? All the garden hose or anything, you know, in the faucet. And Absolutely. now we have plastic bottles that are, that, that are all over the place. And there's going to be, you know, it's starting to, you know, and so this here is ahead of, the, ahead of its time with not only saving money, but saving plastic bottles because we're using the same one, just keep filling it up, you know, so. Yeah. Well, I'm pretty excited about it and I remember growing up as a kid drinking water straight out of the spring or straight out of the creek or you know, whatever. You never thought sure. about it. It was a water source, right? So you didn't think about all I know. cattle upstream or anything else. <laughs> but, but that's for sure. Oh, man. So 
you yep. were talking about uh, you're making appearances and and you and I had talked about the fact that our respective state groups hold conferences and they're looking for speakers all the time. And so um, yeah. I just want to make sure that we got this on the air for people to listen to and um, maybe get your information out. So so people who are looking for speakers might might think this is a good idea. The whole idea of continuing education for surveying is that you learn things that help you in your business and make you a better professional and those kind of things. Uh, I would tend to think keeping one's health might be among those things. So, right. Permethrin has almost uh, come to a point of, of, it's like personal protective equipment. I mean, it's almost like earplugs, safety glasses, hard hats, steel-toed shoes, those type of things, because like you just said there, it's personally protecting your health. And in this day and age with the coronavirus, uh, that is something that the, the better you keep up your immune system, the better you can battle that. So all those people out there, if they get infected by ticks, that can affect their health. You know, uh, a good immune system is even helpful for that too. So it's one, it's, it's permethrin is almost like a shield on, on your, on your body, uh, for your clothes. You know, you can put other stuff on your skins like picaridin and maybe some deets. Uh, things like that, so then you're fully protected. But that's that's so important because they are out there, and I don't, I, I can't predict, but it seems like surveyors are still going to be even surveying out there through all this here too, because they're not around other people, you know, like in big groups. Right. So they're going to need to be protected, and their health is very important, so they can continue to do their jobs. And that's why I want business owners to realize that, say, hey, this is the most economical way they can do it. It's like personal protective equipment. You may have mentioned this earlier when we were chatting, but is there a a particular time during the year? I mean, I know that this is not just a short duration kind of thing, but is there a particular time in the year that it's more critical? Right now, as spring hits, uh, ticks are coming out and spring's hitting. Uh, obviously, uh, we're in a more northern. You're in the uh, east coast there. I'm in upper Michigan. We still have snow on the ground right now. Uh, it's probably down to about eight inches uh, that's melting, and I don't think you had any right now. But none. But they are all year. We didn't have any. <laughs> yeah, ticks generally uh, come and go about 35, 40 degrees, and I know the East Coast has definitely had numerous days like that. Technically, ticks can actually come out in January, February, even where I live, about a 45, 50 degree, you know, uh, uh. A brief warm-up that we get every once in a while, a little thaw, and they've seen them. So uh, that's kind of the limit there. Uh, other states, uh, it can be they can be out uh, year-round, definitely. You know, like Virginia and, and North and South Carolinas uh, and areas like that. Uh, they they tell me they're out all the time. Yeah, well, I so, I grew uh, up and did a lot of my surveying right along the Virginia North Carolina border, so I can attest to that. <laughs> it's absolutely true. Uh, no question about it. There you it. go. So yep. we're getting close to a, our time here. I'm just curious if you have any um, departing advice for folks or suggestions or even provide your information so they can find you. Well, yeah, the, the Tick Terminator, it's a great name to use, is uh, that's the name of my website, is The Tick Terminator. Uh, and they can go there obviously anytime. Uh, Companies that uh, want to order a, a fair amount can just call me uh, or email me off of there. Uh, should I tell them my poem that I wrote? Sure. 
I wrote the, the only poem about ticks uh, that, that, that really fits this, and, and maybe I'll close. How about if I close with that? That sounds great. All right. <laughs> they never heard this. I hate those little suckers. I want to terminate them all. So I do a permethrin and love to watch them fall. From head to toe, I spray the stuff, my shoes, socks, clothes, and hats, because it works on more than ticks, like skeeters, chiggers, and even gnats. So I ask you, if you're listening, to keep away from Lyme, get started with permethrin, and now's the perfect time. Perfect. That's a great ending. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining me today, Brian. It's been a great conversation, and I know it will be of interest to our folks, and hopefully you'll get some reaction from some of our folks around the country to uh, to come and talk to them or at least have discussions and, and look at the product. And to realize to help protect their people out there. Absolutely. Well, thanks so much for joining me. It's been excellent, uh, an excellent conversation. I appreciate it very much. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to a conversation with Brian Anderson, the Tick Terminator, here on the Surveyor Says podcast. If you have any questions about Brian's repellent products or more information about ticks and prevention, please visit his website at thetickterminator.com. In the coming weeks, we are sitting down with Jim Cohn, an SPS director from Washington, who has spent a considerable amount of his career giving back to young surveyors as a teacher and mentor. We will also have another Point of Order episode that highlights a conversation with John Warren and Pat Beeler, both former NSPS past presidents and longtime participants in NSPS legislative efforts. If you have any questions, please send them to info at nsps.us.com and put Surveyor Says in the subject line. So remember to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Spotify, as well as our podcast host, Podbean. And watch for our website, nsps.us.com, for information on future episodes. And remember, it's a great day to be a surveyor.